21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. We do tend to focus where you know or not only around the financial but you know there are other capitals that we bring to the table intellectual social human spiritual some of our clients are receptive to that you know some of them aren't frankly uh you know but it depends upon you know what they're trying to accomplish and and that's really you know what we're about We're, we're about helping our clients get clarity first and foremost, just like, you know, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? You know, and sometimes that clarity is only focused around, you know, running the business, making sure the checks come in, but there has to be a, a recognition that there will be this exit. It's go, It's inevitable. It's not if it's going to happen, it's when, and, and can you do it? And you should do it because you do everything else. Entrepreneurs do everything else on purpose. You know, they don't do things by accident. Otherwise, they're not successful entrepreneurs. So you can build a team around you to support that very important initiative for yourself, your family, your company, your community, because every entrepreneur is a little different in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. So step one is getting that clarity. Once they get the clarity, then you know, being a coach and that then even before, sometimes they can't even get the clarity out because they immediately go to, well, it's not going to work because, you know, all the obstacles, all the negativity shows up. Once we help them with the clarity, then we say, okay, Tell us all the reasons why this isn't going to happen. And a lot of times it really comes down to reframing those obstacles so that they're no longer seen as stopping, but they see them as raw material for future success. And then we can help them with the understanding. And because a lot of times, you know, in this area of exit planning, it requires a lot of tax and legal and protection and banking. And, and, and there's a lot of material that's necessary for success that frankly, these business owners don't feel very comfortable in. They don't really have a lot of understanding around this. And so they sort of throw up their hands. So we want to make sure they get enough understanding so that they can ultimately move into an action plan because inevitably, you know, that's where a lot of this stuff stops. You know, they know what they want to do. They think they got it and they just don't move on it. So ours is about clarity, understanding and action, helping them work through three phases. And there's, First phase is identify and quantify. The second phase is maximize and protect. And then the third phase is transition and transaction. Too often what we find 
is the because they, they go to the transition and transaction phase because frankly that's where they find out how much money am I going to get where's it going to go so there's a lot of excitement around that but that's also a major pitfall if they haven't done the first two steps of identifying quantifying maximizing and protecting then they go down these rabbit holes and they end up you know not getting what we define as success and, and the definition of success for a successful exit is first and foremost maximum value. They spent all their lives working at this thing. They should get maximum value. And many times they don't because they don't go through the steps of identifying, quantifying, maximizing, and protecting. They just go to trade. So that's the first problem. They don't get maximum value, but we, if they follow our recipe, they will get maximum value. Then once you go through this, taxes in the U.S. is a big drag. So you have to be able in this process to mitigate taxation. Mitigating taxation on an exit for a business takes time. So when you're stuck in, and you go and you get the proverbial knock on the door, someone's willing to pay you, write you a check, it's too late to do any of that preemptive pre-work around tax mitigation. Because we want to be, it's not what you sell it for, it's what you get to keep and put in your pocket. So that's the second part is we want to be able to maximize value first, mitigate taxes. And then the other part that people forget about, and this happens a lot in the US, they don't cash flow the solutions. So when you run a business and you make a general idea that we want to do X, the first thing you do is see, does it cash flow? Is there a profit per X? Is there able to, when it comes to this exit planning, people forget that the business has been the one that's been creating all of this income and lifestyle for them. They better make sure that after taxes, they have enough money to live the lifestyle they've grown accustomed to for themselves and their family and people are living longer. So if you sell your business and you're 60 years old or you're 50 years old, you're going to have decades ahead of you where you better make sure and know in advance what your number has to be so that you're going to cash flow your life because you're going to have to take that money and put it into different markets and different opportunities that are not necessarily what you're going to be able to control like your business. So the third step, making sure that the, your life cash flows. And then finally, the last ingredient of success uh, is making sure the business owner stays in control. Too often, what we've heard after we've talked to business owners uh, around, you know, well, what happened during your exit? He said, I, I lost total control of this thing. I felt like I was just lost in this thing. So we want to make sure that the business owner, the founder is the one that has can stay in control. So now we have our process, we have our outcome, we have our, you know, now we can take somebody through that. And that's where the, the obstacle shows up because it requires some time and energy 
and effort. And the business owners most often busy just running their business. And so we have to build a team around them so that we can get them some extra hours. Because right now, most business owners are are working. They're, 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 they're working their business. They're taking care of their family. They're doing their community work, whatever. So where's the time going to come from? So that's what we do at Interchange. We help create that time. So we can work as that outside uh, support system to be able to help them navigate everything that they have to navigate and keep them on track and keep their other professionals and keep their company on track so that they get the extra hours so that ultimately they can get what they want, which is maximum value, mitigate taxes, cash flow their life, and staying in control with it. So that's in the nutshell, you know, what what we do and, and we can get more into how we do it and what things we look at and stuff like that. But and we can go more detail into the identifying and quantifying and maximizing and protecting and you know, stuff like that. So we can go any direction you want on that exit side of it. Phase one is identify and quantify. And so there's two parts of that. The you know, first piece is you really have to set a moment, a milestone of when do you want to exit? It's who do you want to sell it for? So that's part of that identification. And, and, and the obstacle comes in and, you know, we had a business owner who says, I'm never going to, I, I don't want to put a date on this. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know when it's going to be. I plan to leave here feet first, you know, is, is the way they, you know, I'm going to die in the saddle kind of thing. And uh, unfortunately, because he didn't set that up when he actually died in the office, um, it was a chaos because he didn't take the time to groom either his family or his management team to be able to take over. So what we're saying is you don't have to, I, when we talk about identifying that very first step, it's just giving you a recognition that if you say, all right, I'm not gonna go, but if something should happen to me, at least should plan that in five years or 10 years or three years, that's when I want, the organization, this business that's my heart and soul to be able to function without me. Okay. So we, first thing is, when do I want to go? Then there has to be an understanding of where's it going? For some people, the dream was, I want my family. I want a family business. I received this from my father. I would like to give it to my children. And then children grow up and they have no interest. <laughs> so now what am I going to do? And in this particular case, it was a choice of not selling it to a management team because frankly, he didn't build that and instead sold it to a third party strategic buyer did very well, but there were some complications and some issues you know, around that. But again, had this person identified clearly because he knew that the family was not an option, 
had he been able to say, okay, I've got five years, maybe 10 years, I'm going to make sure I've got a strong management team that I can sell this to. So when we talk about identification from the exit perspective, from the business side, the first thing we have to do, just pick a, a time frame as a milestone. You don't have to say, if it doesn't happen in five years, which happens frequently. So we, we set up a five-year, we get to the five-year, and candidly, things are going so well, everybody's doing well, I'm not ready to go. Because some of the tools and things that we put together to make this business more valuable also makes this business, if done correctly, a lot more fun for the owner. So there's some there's some strategic byproducts that we get from going through this. So pick a date, just pencil in. I want to look at five years, three years, ten years, whatever. I want at this from what I can see, it's going. I think a family member or family members could start could be the next generation, and we do a lot with family businesses. Um, and then if not then management, and then if nothing, then we know it's going to be a strategic buyer. So those are your three options. And again, when you do planning, and this is what I love about planning, everything's open. You know, nothing bad ever happens in planning. It's only in the, you know, as time moves on. So we identified that. Then we have to deal with the quantification. So we need your business value. We need to understand the value of your business. So we do preliminary valuations on what you could expect to get at this juncture based upon revenue and all the financials. And at the same time, we have to do that about your personal. And this is where there's a lot of the issues with business owners. There are the business owner that has the bulk of their net worth sitting in the business. And they've used that business as a lifestyle business. And frankly, they don't have a lot outside of that. So they've raised a great family. They've lived a wonderful life. They, But everything's locked up in a business. That's where all the equity is. Okay. So we need to understand that. Other business owners do just the opposite. Over the course of time, they have diversified themselves out of that. They still have large equity, but they also have a large sum of money outside of the business. And each one of those is very different in terms of how you take this next approach, but you have to quantify it. So the, the concept is called the wealth gap. So we know in our identification part and the quantification, we also have to figure out, well, what does your lifestyle cost? Well, you have to know. And then once we know what your lifestyle costs, then we can inflate it and tax it. And then we can determine and back into how much money do you need today to be able to live that life? And we use age 99. We use it because it stresses the plan. We want to make sure, you know, most of our clients are not going to live to 99 for sure. But if we have comfort that there is a large enough pool of assets so that the you can live your life until you're 99, then you're going to be comfortable that you have the capacity to live and not be because the, the biggest problem that and fear is that insecurity of, oh, my God. 
I no longer have my business. How am I going to make sure? Because I have some control in my business. You know, I heard it all the time. Well, I can always go get another customer. Or I always go get another line. But once that business is gone, I don't want to go to work at Walmart and be a greeter to, to be able. So it's there's a healthy sense of insecurity that gets resolved in that identification and quantification, the identi that first step in that first phase. So we're looking at business, we're looking at at the individual, we're putting together a plan around what is that ideal number look like. So great couple of stories around that. We're sitting there and uh, we have a one business guy who, who says, Oh my God, you know, I really can't stand this because I'd love to be able to get out of it. Gets an offer, and the offer was in as he put it, he says, it was embarrassing. That's not what my business is worth. He was furious. So what we ran the numbers and looked at what that value that he was getting or being offered, and we found out, given his lifestyle, that he could absolutely cash flow his life until he and his wife were 99. And it's, it's, you had to be there to see this. We went through this and all of a sudden he says, ouch, what did you kick me for? So turning to his wife. And his wife said, because all you've been doing for the last decade is complaining about how much you hate this business. And you got it. Now you think the offer wasn't good enough. But frankly, it's enough for us to live our life and get out. And so there's an example of not knowing what the real numbers look like and what you need. Okay. And then, of course, the opposite side of that is someone who says, Oh, I, you know, my business is definitely, if I get this number, I'm fine. When we ran the calculations and we says, I'm sorry, but after taxes, the way you've got this thing set up, you're still millions of dollars shy of what you're going to need. And initially he was pretty upset because this the everybody had sort of told him, all his other advisors, oh yeah, with that amount of money, you'd be fine. So he was initially very upset about it, but then said, like all great business owners, <laughs> turned to us and says, all right, what do we do now? And I said, okay, that's the place you have to get to. What do we do now? Now we start to maximize and protect and build that value so that you're there. Okay. So that's the first step. Those are some couple of stories. Identification, it's always the step. That step is ongoing because life changes. So you never get out of that step. You're always refining that. But it's also the step that most people skip. They don't they 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 don't take the time to get the clarity around exactly where they have to be so that they've got the right numbers to be able to make it happen. So once you have that quantification and frankly, even if in that quantification there's enough money, remember what our success criteria is, maximum value. 
okay, and mitigate taxes. So in the maximize and protect, what you're looking at is how you're identifying your value drivers, the things that are there that are gonna increase value, and then you're going to work to eliminate your value detractors. And so they run across the gamut. Some value detractors is you don't have good financials. You don't really, you know, you're running this thing and you just frankly don't have. Remember that the the overarching piece of maximizing is protecting is you want to get your business into a position that the buyer wants. Okay, and and you ha- it's a different mentality than you know. Go back to that gentleman who was convinced that it was worth X. Well, it was worth X because it's your baby. When the buyer came in, he said, well, wait a second. You don't have a strong management team. So that means once you're gone, how do we know the customers are going to still stick around? You don't have strong financial controls. You're putting everything through this business. And, you know, so we don't really know. (laughs) Excuse me. We don't really know, you know, what the true costs are involved with that. Frankly, your physical plant doesn't look that great. You haven't spent anything as customers come in. It doesn't look like you've really identified a tremendous growth strategy. You've sort of been living on. So there's there's a whole series of things that are value detractors. And there's a whole series of things. And they end up usually coming into these four areas. People, strategy, execution, or cash. Okay, it's usually in those three areas. So what we want to work with them on is first and foremost, get them to identify and build a bigger vision. So from the people perspective, do they have the right people on the bus? This is the most challenging part. Obviously, today it's challenging because there just are more available opportunities, then it seems that there's people who are willing to take them. Everybody across the globe is complaining about that. But nonetheless, if you've got a strong culture and you've got a strong strategy, you will be able to attract. So, But you have to make sure that you've got the right people on the bus. Then when it comes to strategy, you have to be able to identify what makes you different. There's so many people doing the same thing. What's your secret sauce? What's it? Then you have to move into execution. Do you have these processes that are there that help you ensure your profitability? And then obviously, people are looking for the cash. You've got to make sure that you have a strong enough business to cash. So when we talk about the value drivers, it's in those four areas that we work with clients. Sure. And everybody, depending upon the size of the business, depending where they are, have very different areas of where they're going to start. But it's all about making sure that you can increase the value of this. So there's certain things, you know, there's an example of a great business, uh, but their receivables are totally out of control. It's taking them uh, I think it, I think when we first started with them, they were up to 100 days of receivables, you know, and it was a huge number. And we helped them bring those down, I think, initially to 45. But what was important is they got there's key performance indicators that they can start to use and, and look at for that. 
So there's all kinds of things around the maximizing. The protecting is an interesting piece. Um, the best laid plans. Uh, you sit there, you got this great idea, you're working hard, and then, God, then you end up, uh, you know, massive heart attack, massive stroke, car accident, something that derails it, and you really didn't have the protection. So while you're working through this, you really have to make sure uh, that you've already put into place or you're going to put in the protection pieces so that if you don't make it, I mean, we all assume we have tomorrow, which is part of the human condition, which is great, but we also know that that's not always the case. So there's this whole protection element that while you're working through this transition and all of this maximizing, that you're also figuring out ways that if something should happen to you or if something should happen to your management team or if something should happen to a key employee, all of these things. And, and we have story after story around the great intentions and then something happened overnight, which these things do. And now the business is significantly at risk because there wasn't those kinds of protection protection pieces in place. So the idea around maximizing and protecting, again, an area that people don't focus enough attention on is building that bigger future and then building the action plan. So getting the clarity, understanding, and action around identification and quantification, like maximizing and protect, sets you up so that you can get to the third phase of transition and transaction and get the, the desired outcome. But if you don't do those first two steps, which, a lot, as I said earlier, a lot of people miss, they go into the transition and transaction. And we have, again, story after story where, you know, one, one family decided they wanted to do an ESOP. Didn't make a lot of sense, frankly, but the advisor, they went that direction. Millions of dollars later in costs, and they recognized they actually did it. And then when it would, the, you know, looking it over the postmortem, found out that they left a lot on the table. And the reason why they did is because they didn't slow down. They didn't back up and say, wait a minute, identification, quantification, maximizing and protecting, then let me go there. So in, that's a one of the worst examples of, of that. There's lots of others where, you know, oh, I thought I'd be fine. And then after taxes, you know, I've got, you know, one of the largest complaints that people have made when we do exit interviews with uh, prospects and other people that we're not working with. And, they, and what's the one thing you, you, you wish you knew now? Uh, I wish I did a much better job with my taxes. I, I paid way more. And if I had the time, I could have paid less, but I didn't really know. And my advisory group really wasn't focused on that. And we were just so excited and I wanted to get out and, you know, et cetera. So and it's really important to lay the foundation. And, and the last piece that I'll give you is this is impossible to do it yourself. And, and that's the problem with entrepreneurs and business owners. They're very successful. Frankly, if they spent all their time, they could do it yourself. This isn't rocket science, but they don't have the time. They don't have the talent. They don't have the temperament. This is a very challenging 
piece of business to to take your life's work and open it up and have other people decide what works. It's not easy. This is not easy. But the good news is you've got Interchange Capital Partners as your partner to be able to build the team that you're going to need with your existing advisors as well as bring in those. And the same question we would ask on your people, you know, when we talk about your people in your business, we'd ask that of your advisors. And that is, would you enthusiastically recommend them? And a lot of times the answer is no. These advisors were there when they started, they've outgrown them, but they're friends, they're, they've been engaged so long, but they're not necessarily the group of advisors that's going to be able to take them to the next place. And that next place is so important. You got to get it right. Mistakes made in this process have generational consequences. So you can't do it yourself. You need to have an organization like Interchange to be able to pull all this together, make sure that you're building a collaborative team to be able to vet everything to build out this comprehensive approach so that you can ultimately get what you want. Maximum value, mitigation of taxes, cash flow in your life, and then ultimately you staying in control. If you have, what you've heard today is of interest to you, I would suggest that you contact us for our second opinion service. Our second opinion service will help you go through the identification and quantification, give you some strategies around maximizing and protecting, and understand that we want to be able to do this collaboratively with your team and then if necessary, add others to it. Because our goals are the same. We want to maximize your value that you've worked all your life for. We want to make sure the taxes are mitigated. And most importantly, you want to cash flow your life and we want that to happen as well for you. And you staying in control so you're set up for the next chapter. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik.